glad that you have joined me today. We've not been able to share together for a while, and I apologize for that, but we're excited that everything's working again now, and we can continue with our daily Bible study. And I hope you'll get the word around to others that you know might be interested because they may have dropped out in this time that we did not have the Bible study. But we're starting new today and starting fresh. And I'm going to be starting a new study from the book of 1 Samuel in the Old Testament where we'll learn a lot of the history of early Israel from the time of the last judge, Samuel, on through, Sa- on through Saul and David as kings. And I want to share a little bit of background from you. Uh, Carl Laney in his little book uh, helps us with some of the particular emphasis of the book and that uh, he, he talks about the, the fact that the, the book of 1 Samuel is really a history book, and that's what I've discovered too as I've studied it, that it's a history of Israel during a crucial time. When, and it, in the history, though we're looking at factual information and historical uh, experiences that went on in the lives of people, there's so much that we can take from it, so much that we can learn from it to help us in our daily spiritual lives. And the same thing can be true of us, that others can learn from us, others that we mentor and that we know and that we are uh, witness to and an example for. So let's just dig right into the book. And uh, remember, this is before Israel had kings. They had always had judges that God raised up. And they were not elected by anybody. God just raised them up, and they became the leaders of Israel. And at this time in Israel history, they were having lots of problems with uh, a neighboring country called Philistia. And the Philistines were constantly conquering portions of their property and their land, taking away their crops, giving them continual harassment. And so that's, that's something of the situation. And we're going to start in chapter 1 of 1 Samuel 1 with the birth of Samuel. Here's how it begins. There was a certain man from Ramatham, a Sufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah. And it tells something of his his, uh, history of his parents, grandparents, and so forth. He had two wives. One was called Hannah, and the other was called Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Now, God had described way back in the book of Genesis that it was one man and one woman, not one man and two women. It was not his plan for, for there to be more than one wife. That was not what God had decreed from the beginning. But the Israelites had kind of moved a little away from God and, and determined certain things. For example, if a man married and his first wife was childless, and after several years they could have no children, it was so important to have children back then, it was, it was to, the, to the Israelites a sign of God's blessing. It was also important because they were primarily an agricultural people and they needed the children to help work the crops and do the things around the farm. But Hannah, who was his first wife and who Elkanah loved with all of his heart, had no children. And after several years, he married another woman, Penina, and she had children. Now, I think it's important to realize that though this was not God's plan, God works with us in the midst of our mess. And, and that's what happened here. And let's, let's see what happened. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Now, at this time, the, the primary place of worship where the tabernacle was located, and the tabernacle was that, was that special 
little box that was built according to God's description that the children carried all through the wilderness wanderings, which was really a recognition and an acknowledgement of his presence. And that was in Shiloh where Samuel was the prophet, where Eli was the priest, or where Samuel was going to be the prophet, I'm sorry, and where Eli was the priest. Now, his two sons, he was old now, and his two sons were doing most of the priestly duties. Notice whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? You are down, you are downhearted. Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? What's actually going on here is very simple. The, the, the second woman that he married, and this is part of the reason why, uh, polygamy never works because there's constant rivalry between the wives, and this is not going to be a good thing. Never is, never has been. And it wasn't here because the woman who had the children, the second wife, she, she constantly ridiculed Hannah because she had none and made fun of her and, and harassed her about it. And so Elkanah constantly tried to do things to show Hannah how much she was really loved. <clears throat> the Bible never says he loved the second woman, but he loved Hannah, and <clears throat> he gave her a double portion of the meat during the sacrifice and other things to tell her of his love. <clears throat> but once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow saying, Almighty Lord, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Now she kept on praying. Eli was watching, and he saw her praying, and he didn't know exactly what was going on. And let's pick it up there. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and my great grief. Eli answered and said, Go in peace. May the Lord God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. So she's praying to God in the tabernacle for God to give her a son and that if he will give her a son, she will give that son back to God and literally give him back to God to be used in God's service and, and to be one that counts for God. And in so doing, he will be a special man of God. That's her prayer. That's her desire. Now, Eli, because she's so wrought up, he thinks she's drunk, but she's really just sincerely praying to the Lord and seeking the face of God. But Eli says, go in peace and may God answer your prayer. And we'll pick up there tomorrow and uh, we'll, figure, we'll see what, how God did answer that prayer and what really happened. I hope you have a great day.